Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Did You Bring Earplugs? A familial, a familiar mm-hmm. musical misadventure uh, with me and my name of the host, which I am, is Julian. Who else is here? I'm also here, and my name is Michael. I, I'm here. My name is Sasha. And my name is Jillian. And, and what is your status in terms of being here or not being here? Not here. Not here. All right. So three present, one unaccounted for, with yeah. us in spirit. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, obviously during uh, the um, nightmare uh, dead dog fart that is 2020, um, most of us have been uh, unable to see our family, at least with the frequency that we would like to. Uh, so this on this episode, we thought we would talk about songs that remind us of our families. Now, this doesn't necessarily need to be like, oh, the lyrics of this song make me think about my family. Um, you know, we, we leave it open to interpretation. And for the most part, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we all interpreted this as um, songs that maybe remind us of a certain era of of being with our, with our fans. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's certainly how I took it. Um, and to see how other people interpret it, you'll just have to stay tuned and see, uh, who wants to start us off for this episode. I'm getting some head shakes. Mike is smirking and waving. So Mike, I'm going to nominate you to kick us off for songs that remind us of our families. Well, I kept it basic for this one because I know you guys are going to, you know, pick two songs and go on and on. So, um, (laughs) whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on. You're starting with a lot of vitriol, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm not. You are. I'm just stating the facts. You are, Michael. Uh, I mean, you're right, but, you know. (laughs) Um, So, the song that most reminds me of my family uh, is Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Um, it's a song that came out uh, right before uh, the 70s. Uh, it's like an attitude rock song. A lot of people would consider it uh, Norman Greenbaum's kind of like one hit wonder song that got way more coverage than any other song of, it, of theirs. Far surpassed all other uh, songs, went gold. Uh, it's also listed in the top uh, 500 greatest songs of all time by Rolling Stone. Um, this song, like in my youth, it would just come on and the radio, my parents would listen to like the drive or like some other, you know, classic rock, Mm -hmm. uh, channels. And anytime it would come along, like me and my mom, my little sister would sing along. Um, it's pretty like religious, spiritual song, but heavier rock. So it's kind of weird, but very catchy song. Um, does it say Jesus? Do they say Jesus Pardon? in the song? Or, or yeah, is it just like... Yeah, it's going Jesus. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the lyrics. So, I mean, it's still a beautiful song, and I, you know, yeah. I'm not really, like, that religious. It's just a really catchy song. I always liked the, you know, the hooks in the song. Um, 
but it was always weird because like my family was always really religious my mom was a sunday school teacher um but we never really talked about you know shuffling our mortal our mortal coil so to speak like what happens when we die um i just feel like that song was always just kind of like an addendum to that um so but I mean, yeah this yeah you, you i just have really fun of singing that song in our crappy old white station wagon yeah uh, yeah i mean you you hope that your your transition into the next stage of existence is is that is that joyous right because it's a pretty upbeat song yeah for sure yeah yeah it's now that you say it it is weird because that's that song is absolutely ubiquitous you know it's it's probably been used a a million different times between tv movies commercials what have you um but it is weird to think about uh, a song that's so widely known but it's so objectively religious. Like you can't get away from it. Like th- there are probably pop songs that are, are subtly religious, but that aren't, you know, name dropping, you know, Jesus Cristo himself. So many times. And even though it's repetitively saying spirit in the sky, I remember like the exact moment where I was like, wait a second. What am I, what am I talking <laughs> about? Jervis? Jervis Christ? <laughs> I feel like for an overtly religious song, it's not like it's in your face, but it's not offensive, I guess. Yeah. Like even people I would hope wouldn't be like offended by the yeah. song. Yeah. But I mean, it has just shy of a quarter of a billion plays on Spotify. Holy moly. So. Wow. Whoa, buddy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> to use maybe a half-baked analogy. It's someone saying God bless you as opposed to someone asking you if you've heard the good news. Yeah, it's like one one you can just sort of easily forget about the other. You're like, oh, boy, I have to engage with this now with this person in my face asking me this question. Totally do. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this this explains why, Mike, to this day, you are such a devout Christian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He he gets on his knees and prays every night. He is a youthful (laughs) dealer. Uh, Mike, do you have any uh, specific family, uh, you know, memories, events from your childhood uh, to which this song is the soundtrack? No, like I said, just really fun Mm sing-alongs. But uh, to be a little extra, my runner-up is In the Ghetto. My mom really (laughs) thinks it's a beautiful song and like would just play a lot especially. Could you say that one more time? Uh, Because you broke up there for a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. The runner up is In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley. Um, my mom always thought it was a beautiful song and would like play it a lot around the holidays uh-huh. so, for some weird reason. So me and my brother. <laughs> around pretty the good holidays? That is so strange. Oh, God. <laughs> well, this one, this one particular instance that I'm remembering was um, she had put the record on or the CD on. And me and my brother trolled her by just putting that one specific track on infinite repeat. <laughs> And it literally played five times before we broke out, like just busted up laughing uh-huh. when she went. By the third play, she's like, oh man, this song is really long. <laughs> and it was like at 20 minutes. It was going on at 20 minutes, no joke at that point. By like minute 25 and going into that fifth playthrough, oh my God. she's like, when does the song end? And that's when we went. So you, you had you you and your brother had your own miniature version of John Mulaney's Salt and Pepper Diner bit. Yes, for sure. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, 
my gosh. Wow. Well, you know, I don't think it's going to get any better than that, Mike, uh, pertain to your, to your choice. So uh, I, think, I think we'll leave it there and uh, move on to Jillian. I volunteer you to go next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, for, for being a musician who doesn't come from a terribly musical family, my parents liked what they liked and they liked it a lot. So <laughs> I grew up with so much repetition from like, I don't know, we'll say, we'll say we had like 15 CDs, 15 to 20. That's even stretching it. Like they, I think they, they stopped buying CDs maybe like before, like right after my brother was born and they were like, this is good enough. Like what household should have 15 CDs and no more, you know? Jillian, are you sure we don't have the same parents? Because you're everything you're saying. Mike, I've always thought of you as a brother. So. Uh, my redheaded sister. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say um, I grew up around a lot of like uh, Frank Sinatra, Patsy Cline, the Mamas and the Papas, Neil Diamond. Um, but. <laughs> Um, I would say that like the biggest, biggest, biggest influence on me musically as a kid was Bruce Springsteen, the entire discography. But man, if we're going to narrow it down, we might as well narrow it down to Thunder Road. such a good song um i remember just like dancing around in the living room to it like while my mom was cleaning or while my dad was working in a workshop downstairs like it was always being played um and i remember being like oh man like this is like the pinnacle of entertainment this is music and like <laughs> a lot of other like five-year-olds running around were not like as into that so i had to tone that energy down quite a bit at friends houses um, I just picture you putting putting yeah. on Bruce on a uh, during a sleepover and then very performedly saying, "Now that's what I call music." Well, <laughs> <laughs> Julian was referred to as the boss advocate. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever do you remember that moment when you're a kid and you're at like someone else's house or something, and you realize that the music that your parents are playing isn't what everyone else's parents are playing like you think oh this is probably what's popular right now like mm -hmm. this must be playing on the radio right now and then you realize that is definitely not the case that this music is indeed 20 years older or something mm. like that depending on the artist it's a very strange thing so yeah i'd say bruce springsteen full circle um number two is a tie my parents also really love fleetwood mac rumors um, grew up listening to that. My favorite song off of that album is Silver Springs. What a ballad, right? Okay, a song of redemption. I was like singing that in elementary school and middle school to like a lover I never had. Jillian, um, <laughs> 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 did your mom or parents ever get into like the 90s artists though, like Tracy Chapman or? Uh... 
Jewel or Chris Isaac or anything like that, <laughs> overtly mom artists? Every once in a while, my mom would hear yeah. a song the yeah. Jam. It comes on the radio and she like moves her arm in a wave like mo- like movement out the car Classic. window. Classic. It's normally <laughs> up by Four Non Blondes, which I've referenced on this mm-hmm. podcast before. Mm-hmm. Also, um, any kind of inspirational U2 song my mom is probably in. <laughs> uh, the song Beautiful Day by I Don't Even Know Who Sings That. She's in. Isn't that also a U2 song? Yeah, it is you yeah. too. Oh God damn it! Well, yeah. That yeah I was gonna say, like, I think I think they're all kind of inspirational. At least they feel that way. At least mm. like modern you too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but finally, I would say the the other album that was on heavy rotation, or not album, but artist, was ABBA, and mm. um, it was I think because I sang Dancing Queen in uh, the third grade talent show. It was my start of my singing career. And my parents had to buy an ABBA CD so that I could sing along to it in the talent show. And boy, oh boy, did we listen to that for the next 25 years and beyond. <laughs> did you win? Yeah. Oh, the I did sign autographs at the end of that. And oh, nice. those that same group of people did vote me most likely to be famous senior year. So Whoa. look where that got me. I live on Broadway in Chicago. I made it. Yep, yep. And you're on, you're on, a, a, you're on a popular podcast yeah. that I've heard has listeners. Well, very good, Jillian. Uh, I will go next because I feel like I've been going last a lot and it always sort of fizzles out. So I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. Um, so my... My parents listen to very different music. Um, so for a little bit of background, my dad is a full-blooded Japanese fellow, but raised on Long Island around uh, Puerto Rican and Italian families. A very, very strange human being. Um, and then my mom uh, is from a semi-rural part of, of Mexico uh, and moved here when she was 18 years old, 18 or 19. Um so yeah, so it's gonna be a weird mix of songs, y'all. Uh, so um, taking inspiration from my dad, um, the song that is strangely, inextricably tied to certain memories is uh, George Strait's "All My Exes Live in Texas." Which is uh, the lead single off of his 1987 album *Oceanfront Property*. Um, it's just it's it's such a goofy, earnest song. 
Um, <laughs> and we were we were talking about it via text er- er- earlier this week, and I was very worried that there was going to be some, as I put it, playfully misogynist lyrics. But no, it's pretty it's pretty clean. Like there's not there's not a lot objectionable to it. It's just. George has got a lot of exes and he loves Texas, but he can't go there because all of his exes live there. So he's got to be in Tennessee. It's just a real, it's a tough situation. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, I don't have a lot to say about this song. It's really, really catchy. I can understand why it was so uh, popular. Um, I don't understand. So my, my dad, when I was growing up, um, I, I don't know how long for, but for, a solid chunk of time he was into like top 40 country radio um inexplicably so it doesn't make any sense he he was he was sort of a hippie growing up um i you know i stumbled upon his his vinyl collection at a certain point during my childhood and it, it you know it was all beatles and joni mitchell and cream and um you know stalwart artists of the era um, but he was very into like top 40 radio when, when I was growing up. Um, so I, I have no idea what happened, but, um, I, I have a specific memory of being in a hotel room on some family vacation during the winter and listening to George Strait's all my exes live in, live in Texas and just loving it. Just dancing around to that, that twangy guitar and really, really getting into it. Um, my mom, on the other hand, um, not as quite, not quite as experimental a listener. Um, so the song that uh, uh, I'm naming that reminds me of her is uh, "Dos Corazones, Dos Historias" by Julio Iglesias and Alejandro Fernandez. En medio de una riña. Ya casi al terminar Uno habla y el que escucha No para de llorar Y en su mirada triste De desamor y pena Descubre de repente Que el otro lo destierra um, My mom was hella into Julio Iglesias growing up um, I remember uh, hearing his voice um, coming through the speakers a lot, um, but I was surprised to, to find that um, the song is actually from 2000, which uh, which in my memory is later than I remember hearing him. But um, I don't have much to say about the artist, but I, I would like to share a bit of a conversation that I had with my mom over text about Julio, uh, uh, Julio Iglesias. Um, and if the listener is not acquainted, yes, this is Enrique Iglesias's father. Um, so I just, I, I, I basically, because I couldn't remember a specific song by Julio Iglesias that, that she listened to a lot. So I, I ended up asking her what her favorite songs were, which sort of, uh, uh, blossomed into a larger conversation about Julio Iglesias. Um, so first of all, she, she, she said, uh, he's not a good singer. People said, <laughs> some people say he sounds like a goat, but he's very charismatic and his treatments of the songs were always very good. Um, so, so to which I just sort of refined to, okay, so like maybe he wasn't the most classically trained singer, but he had that, he had that swagger, he had that bravado and, and, and he had a, he had a definitely a, an iconic singing style. Um, and so, which may be weird to liken him to a, you know, a punk icon, but I think about Joe Strummer in the same way, you know, he doesn't have the greatest singing voice, but he's very evocative, 
um, and he he can convey a lot of emotion through modulating his voice. Um, so that led me to ask my mom if she had seen him in concert, and she said, "Oh yeah, probably like eight or ten times." To which I was like, "Holy shit, that's a lot of times." Um, apparently, she saw him in Vegas a lot, um, which which makes sense. I, I we travel to Vegas a lot, uh, and um, shows are typically you're not going to pay so as much as like a, a big arena show in, in a city because there's a lot of different venues. Mm-hmm. Um, she said he never put on a bad performance. Um, and then proceeded to tell me a story that blew my mind a little bit. Uh, so apparently she and my aunt Lupe were seeing Enrique Iglesias at a casino one day. And apparently uh, he thought that his, uh, a childhood English teacher of his was in the audience that night. And I guess his plan was at the end of the show to have the spotlight shine down on this booth and he would give her a shout out. Uh, Somehow, my mom and her sister, my aunt, ended up in this booth. So at the end of this Enrique or at the end of this Julio Iglesias show, the spotlight shines down on my mom and my aunt and my and, and Julio Iglesias. uh, Unknowingly shouts out these two random women in the audience which apparently somehow led to his backing band asking my mom and my aunt if they wanted to party with them after the show. Um, now, they were both married at this point, so they declined, which I was a little disappointed by, but, but also, like, what an experience. Um, but, yeah, so that's, uh, that is Julio Iglesias. Uh, and I, I mentioned Alejandro Fernandez as well, who was definitely very present. Um, I remember seeing CDs of his in the car when I was a kid, uh, but not quite as much as, as Julio. Julio was really the, the OG. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's songs that remind me of, quite. of Ma and Pa. Quite different, they definitely are. Yeah, yeah, a little different, a little different. <laughs> and and just to put a capper on how weird my dad's taste is, he still to this day has a CD by a Bay Area uh, melodic punks tsunami bomb. He still loves tsunami bomb. No idea why. <laughs> oh yeah, random dads are weird. Yeah. yeah, that's like my dad sing with like Black Eyed Peas and then Santana. It's like. <laughs> Okay, then. Taste. Oh, Interesting. Okay. S- slight, <laughs> slight diversion. Uh, my girlfriend and I were listening to um, the, the Rob Thomas Santana song the other day. And mm-hmm. it occurred to me that, like, Rob Thomas, the least sexy front man, m- maybe ever. Like, s- just singing a song mm-hmm. that is ostensibly supposed to be very sexy, but it's, it's individual component parts not that sexy you have like an an old hispanic man and and uh, like mayonnaise poured into a human mold (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying he doesn't strike me as like a sex icon you know yeah my dad loved that song too by the way i mean everyone's dad loved that song (laughs) that song probably still gets some some hits Oh, oh! I'm sure Rob Thomas and Santana are both still getting residual checks off that, off that song to this day. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, Sasha. Oh, oh, yes. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I mean, I'm on the same page. I think like late '80s, early '90s, country was so huge that like mm-hmm. parents just got into it. I I think it sounds like our parents frequented a lot of one-hit wonders or trends of their time, which mm-hmm. I mean. 
makes a lot of sense because yeah my dad has the weirdest taste like elvis yeah. presley reba mcintyre uh-huh. billy ray cyrus a lot of the <laughs> 80s crap yeah still had eight tracks in his garage of that i mean garth brooks was so successful that he had to fracture his personality into entire an entirely different oh, human yeah. being just just to, just so that he could have a creative outlet for all of his his hella good ideas <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Alrighty, Sasha, why don't you finish, uh, finish off this? Jeez, I'm really stumbling here. Why don't you finish us off for this episode of songs that remind us of family? I, I will do that. Um, so yeah, this topic definitely got me digging back into a lot of music from like early, early childhood. Um, and like, whilst it was a little emotional for me, actually, that's that's kind of more what I meant when I said I was having a hard time with this one. Uh, um. Okay. So I wanted to pick stuff that was a little more pleasant and just so they're not like warm and fuzzy songs. They're very like fun songs that we would hear at parties and Mm. on road trips and stuff. So um, my first song is I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. And I learned how. Um, I really feel like I don't need to say much about this song. I feel like everyone pretty much knows it. Everybody. Um, but it was released in the fall of 1978, and it was a, just a disco classic. Um, it reminds me of family mostly because this is the, just the kind of music I listened to growing up. Disco was like very prevalent in my home. Um, and like I mentioned in our road trip episode, we like my family we used to drive everywhere like we always drove to florida and drove to like north carolina maryland i mean we drove everywhere on our trips instead of flying so there was just like like songs like this and the next song i i picked um would end up on our mixtapes or our compilation cds um that my parents owned they had a lot of those like top 20 disco song compilation cds and yeah, i'm pretty sure right. my dad had like Solid gold hits in 1973 or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So just to go into the next song, um, this is a group I've already talked about, I think for our wedding episode. Um, They were probably the most listened to artist in my household with the exception of a certain very famous artist who I will not mention because he's a creep now, or well, dead creep, Mm, but he's a creep. Um, Anyway. Um, but this is Earth, Wind, and Fire, hmm. and I wanted to pick something other than September, even though that's probably the the most their most famous song. Um, so I picked the song Fantasy.
um, which is one of their like slower bops, but it's still, it's great, got great harmonies. Um, this song was also released in 1978. And, um, and I hear this song and I just think about my dad like whistling along or like trying to hit the falsetto notes. <laughs> um, like both my parents love to sing. So like a lot of the songs, specifically the disco songs we would listen to, they were always singing along to it, always whistling. Every uh, family function, every party you can think of, like Earth, Wind and Fire was like the top artist. Like we love them. I still to this day love them. Um, and it just brings back such fond memories of like when things were really like earnest and good and, you know, um, and wholesome. Yeah. Seemingly so, uncomplicated. Yeah. Sure. And I have to so. imagine with the the fixation on disco that your your parents were probably uh, probably like to dance a little bit too. Oh, they did. Yeah. I mean, I definitely saw like when they had video cameras like when we were younger. Any any party like there was a party in particular. My dad's fortieth. They're like was able to get and put online, so we've been able to, been able to watch them mm -hmm. and. There's like videos of my dad, like, and mom dancing their asses off, like having such a good time. And um, my dad wasn't like the, like when he got older, he wasn't great that much into dancing, but he yeah, would do he's, it. He's a dad. Know? Dads aren't supposed to be good at dancing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can imagine the dad dancing. It's very offbeat, but it's earnest, you know? Um, so yeah. Oh yeah. They love to dance. Um, definitely in their youth, like they love to go to like dance halls in Ghana and dance together. And wow. that was like their weekends. That's, That's awesome. so cool. Yeah. 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 I, I, I knew I chose right. Having Sasha close us out on this topic. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I, I've, I've successfully suppressed the urge to cry. So um, yeah, I think we can, we can, we can call it a day on songs that remind us of our families and move on to everyone's favorite segment, or at least everyone's favorite, favorite segment to intro, which is songs <laughs> over the week. Over the week. <laughs> and let's go reverse order. Sasha, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Um, so my song for the week is a song called We've Got a Good Thing Going by Lady Lamb. Because I just want to show my friends what I Um, I don't know much about this song. It actually just came up on my Discover Weekly this week. Like, I listened to it this morning, and I just really liked it. I don't know. It was, like, the um, the first song on my playlist that really, like, drew me in. Um, I actually discovered her for the first time when she opened up for the new Pornographers last year. Um, but I know she's been around for a bit. Like, I think she's been, has, like, she's going to be releasing her fourth album i think soon but this is one of the new singles from her it seems like she has like a new album coming out so it's one of the i think the second single from her this year so nice yeah it's really good yeah i've, I've never heard of her um who would you compare her to 
like Lucy Dacus. Hmm. Uh, she's in that family for sure. Like in the boy Julian genius Baker, ilk, you know? Yeah. yeah. The yeah, for sure. Nice. The new, have... the new oh, emo stalwarts for uh for the twenty first century. <laughs> you got it. Her um, Tender Warriors Club album is one of my favorite, favorite albums. If you're looking to, like, take a deep dive on her, she put mm-hmm. it out in 2016. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, so goes, good and she goes by school. Lady Lamb, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to do a deeper dive into her. Yeah, start with that album. You won't regret it. It's so good. Cool. Sweet. Looking forward to listening to that. Um, so I too have also been, I too have also, Jesus. I too have been trying to listen to new music, but <clears throat> that Bully album, you guys. Uh, so yeah, my recommendation for this episode is Prism by Bully. Um, so it's off of her 2020 album called Sugar Egg, all caps, all one word. Uh, it just dawned on me last week that I've been listening to this album a ton. Um, it is the album mm-hmm. that I turn to when I want to listen to something and I just don't want to have to think about what I'm listening to. Um, but it's uh, it's one of the more languid jams on Sugar Egg. Sugar Egg is a pretty pretty hopped up album, but this one slows it down a little bit. Um, it's a song. It's inspired by solitude, I think. Um, and sort of the way that like unwanted memories can sort of intrude upon your your subconscious when you're least expecting it. And I think that's where the central imagery comes from, um, with the chorus being um, the sun <laughs> the sun hits a prism. I think um, sort of talking about how when uh, you know a, a very a simple ray of sunshine can hit a prism and then break apart into a million different colors. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just it's really been sticking in my head, uh, the chorus especially. Um, you know, it's 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 a bully song. Um, Sugar Egg isn't you know a startling evolution of her sound by any means, but it's just uh, it's 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 a, it's an expansion. Um, um, this is the first time that she's uh, released an album, um, sort of with Bully as a solo project, and she has not mm-hmm. missed a step. Um, the album's amazing. Um, and I quickly want to give a shout out to Bandcamp and is she on Sub Pop? Fuck, I just forgot. It's Sub Pop, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So I very impulsively, while listening to the album one day, um, ordered the Loser Edition vinyl um, and was was a, a little miffed to, to receive an email that said, oh, you know, we actually sold out of this much quicker than we thought we would. Um, so they offered me another limited edition vinyl. Um, but just, just their, their, their responsiveness and customer service of this person at Sub Pop was, was really surprising. Um, so yeah, Sub Pop awesome. and Bandcamp, thank you for being supportive. Um, but yeah, Prism by Bully, that's my song for the week. Jillian, what do you got for us? Yeah. Nice. Uh, my song for the week is Anything by Adrian Linker. Hanging your jeans with a clothespin, skin still wet, still in my skin. Mango in your mouth, juice dripping, shoulder of your shirt sleeve slipping. Christmas Eve with your mother insists. Don't want to fight, but your mother insists. Dolls, white teeth, slice right through. 
Um, no, I this is extremely surprising. <laughs> I definitely didn't see this single pop up on my Spotify uh, new releases and think, now when will Jillian recommend one of these two songs? Tasha <laughs> told me predictable last week too. Very <laughs> understood right now. You guys are all stuck in this friendship forever now. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for knowing me so well. Yep, Adrian Linker is my queen and princess. Um, she has been recording during quarantine in I think she said Western Massachusetts, which is like very her. She's always mm. posting on Instagram asking for like rom- remote locations that people might have for her and her band to like write and record at. Um, and she did that a few months into quarantine. So I figured she was going to be up to something. Um, but I guess she went there solo and then was just really happy with what was, uh, coming out. So she invited like her producer friend and they recorded all these songs. Um, this is the first one she's released so far. Um, it's beautiful. It's mystical, just like she always does. Um, she, I don't know if she's playing it on this one, but I always imagine her playing like a 12 string guitar <laughs> because she's just like a natural at it. And you can't say that about a lot of people. Um, and she just has such a way with words. Like everything is so descriptive. Everything feels like everything she writes feels like a place in time that you yourself have been to individually apart from her, you know? Um, so that there's no different with this song. I think it's great. Yeah. There's uh, Speaking of Lenker's lyrics, there's a, a nice mix of physicality and feeling in her lyrics that really makes you feel like it gives you a sense of place. Um, yeah. and it, even if it's not a, a physical sense of place, you understand the mindset of the ostensible speaker in the song, which uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not into pastoral imagery, maybe Big Thief and Andrew Lenker aren't going to be for you. But if you like <laughs> getting into that mindset, then holy shit. Um, I've been rewatching or rewatching the parts that I've seen and then continuing on with the rest of the series, but uh, you're the worst. And uh, one, one episode in season four ends with the big thief song shark smile. And yes. I was like, I yeah. have the, I own the record that this song is on, but I'm going to stop the autoplay to the next episode <laughs> so I can watch the credits as this song plays. Cause it's just such mm-hmm. a jam. Yes. Um, nice. Thank you, Jillian. Mike, what is your song for the week? So we can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. This song, uh, Sasha actually played what, like a week or two ago. It was oh, just fuck. popped up. And I think you found it on Discover Weekly. Um, songs Violent by Grape Tooth, which is a track off their 2018 self-titled album. Um, the whole rest of the album sounds quite a bit different. Uh, this track, uh, Violent, is a very, very dancey song with synths, uh, synth sounds that are, you know, just straight out of the 80s new wave scene. 
um, but the song is just incredibly catchy. The lyrics are repetitive but catchy. Um, punk laden in a lot of ways too, just about taking on the world. Um, and yeah, I would just highly recommend the song. Hella, nice. hella good. Um, oh. From your description, I, I'm I'm conjuring images of the faint. Would you say that's a, a, a an accurate touchstone, or do they sound a little different? More or less, Masa like <laughs> Yeah. Yes, yeah, a little ways. bit in some ways, yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing it. Good recommendations, guys. I give you all A pluses. Gold stars. Yeah. Ban- banana stickers. Yeah. Folks, that is going to oh. do it for this episode of Did You Bring Earplugs? Question mark. Our theme song is by Josh Stanley of the band Modaf. They are a Chicago rock band, and you should check them out. You can find out more about them at modaff.bandcamp.com. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can. Uh, follow us on Instagram at dybepod or email us at dybepod at gmail.com. Uh, man, I've been, trying to think, I've been trying to think of like a better sign off, like, 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 like keep on rocking. Or, or 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 don't stop the music. Keep on rocking in the free free world. Yeah. Or uh, or or like don't. No one's ever said that before. No, I know, I know. Like what? How about how about just like capitalism sucks? Okay, bye. A... <laughs> just end it. With, end every episode with a real weird energy. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's try it. Out. Let's try it. Out. All right, folks. Um. For another episode of DYBE, I've been Julian. Capitalism sucks. Bye. Bye. It it didn't feel the worst. (laughs) 